<laughs> oh man, I was having fun. A fun game uh, that I've got, like a new song, is um, Mississippi Woman, Louisiana Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, switching out, you can switch them out. Like, uh, <laughs> um, like uh, Afghanistani woman, Pakistani man. <laughs> We're gonna blow up Americans. <laughs> Try it. You can find anything. Um, <laughs> hold on a second. What's the, what's a what's a major river that goes through there? Did that area? Yeah. The Mesopotamian, Mesopotamian. Uh, the uh, the Euphrates the River can't keep us apart. <laughs> There's too much love in this Iraqi heart. <laughs> too much love in this Irani heart. Um, Alaskan woman. Uh, Indiana woman. Indiana woman, North Kentucky man, we're gonna pretend like we're Southern. We're gonna pretend like we're Southern. <laughs> Ten years ago, didn't say he y'all. Now it's all we can. Uh, I don't know. Know how to call. Do do do. Know how to. Uh. Um. Wait a second. Wait. What's the? What's the big? Damn, what's the big river in India? That would have been the Tigris. The Tigris. Tig- tig- no, not India. That's Euphrates. Tigris for both in Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> the Ganges. The Ganges. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, wait. The Ganges is China, right? No, I think it's maybe yeah. it's both. The Ganges is the Yellow River in China, right? No, the Yellow River's in China. Right. I thought the Ganges. I'm fucking stupid. I used to know all this stuff. Bisexual woman, bisexual man. We're gonna go and squeeze some cans. <laughs> Um. Uh, let's say do one about swinging couples that are at bars that like <laughs> prey on like hot single person there. <laughs> okay. Um. Swinger woman, swinger man. We're gonna fuck as many twenty-two year olds as we can. <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna buy you as many drinks as we can. <laughs> We're gonna buy as many <laughs> drinks as we can. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, let's see. <clears throat> uh, age? Oh, well, not that wouldn't be age of consent. Laws won't keep us apart. But that'd be a funny one for pedo. Yeah, like libertarian woman. Liber- uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that would be a good one for like. Uh, I mean, it's such a cliche, but seventeen-year-old uh, woman, uh, hardcore band man. <laughs> we get together every time we can. Uh, Something, something, something. Age of consent laws won't keep us apart. There's too much love in this straight edge heart. F the man. (laughs) Man. I'm kidding. I love most of you straight edgers. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, wow. Uh, So, all right. Well, welcome to the show. With I got a story for you. I have an interesting story for you. Actually, the story I just read in the Mountain Eagle is the perfect setup for this other story in the Mountain Eagle from 16 years ago. Um, so this is in our this week's Mountain Eagle. West Virginia's population drop is largest in the U.S. Um, and it goes on to talk about you know all the people leaving West Virginia. Um. And it also talks about the Access West Virginia. Isn't that what it's called? Is that we, the thing we talked about? The guy that's clearly gay. Yeah, clearly vampiric. 
um, who's paying people to move to West Virginia. Um, this article talks about how... Uh, I'm reading some of these. When Rebecca Recco left Bell, West Virginia in 2017, she was making $42,000 as an art teacher. She now earns sixty-eight, teaching middle school art in Oakland. Um, moving was about more than just better pay. She, desc- she described an anti-union, anti-teacher sentiment, including new laws passed by the legislature, creating charter schools and withholding teacher pay during labor strikes. West Virginia reminds me of a drunk cousin, Recco said. It's like this cousin that you have that you can't get itself together. I love West Virginia. I love it. It's where my roots are from, but I couldn't with that state anymore. Okay, that's whatever. But um, there was another thing. Blah, 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 blah. Affordability and retirement were two reasons why Susan Mazur Stallman jumped at the chance to move to West Virginia from Washington, D.C. in 2018. The 54-year-old cultural anthropologist and her husband bought a 110-year-old house in Hinton for $47,000. <clears> West Virginia people are very independent-minded. You don't get that conformity you see in other places. I think that's really important, she said. There is sort of a live-and-let-live attitude. You can create your own future and your own reality here in some ways that you cannot in places that are more restricted and more conformist. Where is Hinton? I'm going to guess it's probably not in the middle of Mingo County. Uh, for some reason, I was thinking Hinton. That, now, that's Milton, where Hoops is building his uh, right dream place. Hinton. Hinton, West Virginia. <laughs> Cultural anthropologist woman. Uh, um, uh. <laughs> doesn't say what her husband does. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of stuck there. Summers County. Yeah. I don't okay. know where that's at. I mean, it's kind of close. To, it's kind of close to Bluefield. I don't know. But it's where Lassie was shot. Anyways... <laughs> Not not Why, like how did you not, know that? not with a gun, but with the show. The show yeah. <laughs> it says it. It says it on. Here. That's where they put Lassie down. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> after after a labor dispute about the show. <laughs> okay, so this is funny. It's it's a funny. It expresses a funny dynamic, right? Okay. People are leaving. People are trying to move here because uh, it's low living standards, low cost of living, cheap houses, relatively. Um. I found this story, you know, how I've been looking through microfilm. It's how I blow off steam these days. I go to the library. You told me that. that you said, uh, Unironically, I asked you, man, what are you, what are you doing to take care of yourself? You go, well, I spend a lot of time on microfilm at the library. <laughs> yes. I've been worried about you as the follow-up. So. Yeah. Um, well, you can be more worried about me after reading this. Um, this is a story I found from the June or July 20th, 2005 edition of the Mountain Eagle. 2005? 2005. Okay. Two men sentenced in beating a veteran. Um, Two Letcher County men... I was astounded at this. This is an incredible story. Two Letcher County men will serve long terms in prison for robbing and beating a Vietnam veteran who came to Letcher County looking for a better place to live. Letcher Circuit Judge Sam Wright, who I think is still in office, right? Sam Wright is on the Kentucky Supreme Court. He's on the Kentucky Supreme Court now. Now, All right. Um, Well, he sentenced... Uh, one of these guys, Cooley Brown of Heyman, to 50 years in prison, and James Lee Fields of Big Cowan to 25 years in prison for the assault and robbery of Colin Rogers. Hold on, I got a question. They killed the guy? They did not. Dude, I... This I w- can only be described as draconian. <laughs> I was reading through this like, 
did they not did they kill the fucking guy like 50 fucking years dude check, check this out the terms wait a second is this is this the origins of of the thin blue line kind of <laughs> kind like that, of the is. culture the conditions forming for that yeah 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 i'd say well th- this one has a sp- very specific sort of socio-political location and cultural location, and you'll okay. see why in just a second. The terms imposed by Wright were the same sentences a Letcher Circuit Court jury recommended after finding Brown and Fields guilty on June 15th. Okay. This is a Letcher Circuit Court jury. These are all people from Letcher County. This, this would have been like what me and you have been dipping out of for the last <laughs> 10 years, claiming we have bone spurs and... Yes. <laughs> Sir, you're not getting you're not you're not getting enlisted. Uh wait what? Dude, this was not a fair trial at all. Not even slightly. And I'm and I'm honestly like I want to find these two men and champion their cause because I think this is very unfair and I'll get to why. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be beating up old men. Old men, no, don't, don't, no don't, that's, don't I'm not that. saying these guys are like <laughs> fucking uh, the guys that held their fist up at the Olympics, you know what I mean? But just say, <laughs> but I'm saying they don't deserve a 50 year prison no. term. Um, each man must serve 85 percent of his sentence before he can be considered for release on parole, dude. So these people are these so doing 37 years. Yeah. Um, Rogers, so the man who got attacked, did not attend the two sentencing hearings last week. Letcher, Letcher Commonwealth's attorney Edison Banks said Rogers had become so distraught over the way he was questioned by a defense attorney in last month's trial that he left Letcher County and moved to Louisiana. Louisiana. I'm sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> Keep going. We're going to beat up an old man. <laughs> Letcher, County, Letcher County man. Former Letcher County and current Louisiana man. We beat up Vietnam veterans as fast as we can. <laughs> not scrap that. That was so dumb. I've not had any contact with him since he testified, Banks said of Rogers. Banks said Rogers testified during the trial that he... Dude, I swear to God, brace yourself. I'm strapped in. <laughs> He came to Letcher County after watching the movie Fire Down Below. The f- Whoa, <laughs> no! <laughs> the movie, made here in, in Perry County in 1997, starred C- Steven Seagal as an environmental protection agent who uncovered the dumping. Jack Taggart, baby. <laughs> Banks said Rogers was living in Alaska when he saw Fire Down Below and decided to move here because he liked the way the film portrayed the people of Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> Can you imagine? Okay, I'll say. Okay. So we're going to switch from uh, getting these guys their profiles and courage to beat this guy. But can you imagine being that guy? You've, you probably, who knows what kind of mental state he was in, you know, being in, in the war and everything. But can mm-hmm. you imagine being in Alaska and say, wow, <laughs> I want to spend my golden years in Letcher County. And then the first day, the day you get out, just two, two street toughs just beat the hell out of you. Dude, I can't stop laughing because, like, I was reading this after having just read that story in the Mountain Eagle about people moving to, like, West Virginia. And just, like, it's just like, oh, West Virginia's so nice. It's like, we'll move, well, let's, let's, let's move to this place. But it's like Eastern Kentucky's like... Get ready to pack an ass, that's it, like, old man. That's like that's like that's like a that's like a Chappelle show yeah. skit or something, isn't it? Oh, we gave him a lesson. We yeah. <laughs> we 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 rolled out the welcoming party for him. 
it was probably I'd say Sam was probably like okay we're gonna give these guys like two and a half three years or something and then like David Nairmore thinks that it like Letcher County tourism t- took such a hit <laughs> from this assault that he's like no we have to we have to make an example out of seriously this yeah they've been trying to get people to move here for fucking forever and immediately <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's the, that's what the next quote is. Wait, okay, hold on a second. Before we play fast and loose with this, this guy lived and he was fine. Right? He was lived. He lived and he was fine. Yeah, it's like he survived the Viet Cong. I mean, come on, it's like <laughs> two dipshits from Haman are going to be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he decided to move here because he liked the way the film portrayed the people of Eastern Kentucky, and this is how he got treated. Banks said of the beating rendered by Brown and Fields. Banks said Rogers made the decision to leave Letcher County after. I gotta switch over to this next. After he was cross-examined by defense attorney James Kraft. Oh, the mayor. Uh, or the mayor junior. Yeah, the mayor junior. James Kraft the second. Um, Banks said Rogers took issue with questions Kraft <laughs> asked about his drinking. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't see how this is relevant. <laughs> Objection, your honor. <laughs> I want to know, did he ask him if he napalmed any four-year-olds in yeah. in Vietnam, in Cambodia? I, I, that that, what if you what if you took that one? <laughs> Mr. was the guy's name, Rogers? Rogers. Yeah. Mr. Rogers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you, any pass, did you pacify any did villages you, with... Were you <laughs> using extreme prejudice, sir? <laughs> sir? We were just, uh, <laughs> one of these guys, just like if their closing statements before they were sentenced, were just like, we did this in solidarity with the brave Viet Cong fighters <laughs> Vietnam. The brave people via. Oh, my God. Rogers testified that he began drinking heavily after his wife and daughter were killed by a drunk driver shortly after he returned from fighting in Vietnam. God damn. Wow. Oh, well. oh. Banks. I retract every... <laughs> Yuck, yuck, I've been having at this guy's expense. Uh, Banks said Rogers may be in New Orleans. He said he would like to contact Rogers <laughs> to tell him he might qualify for compensation under Kentucky's crime victims' compensation law. He's like, I've never set foot back in that place. I don't care how much money you give me. How about $12,000, sir, as part of a package deal? <laughs> Did these guys spit on him when he came home? <laughs> The jury took one hour to find Brown and Fields guilty of the assault and robbery, which occurred November 16, 2003. Uh, During the two-day trial, jurors heard from Rogers that after accepting a ride, an individual previously unknown to him who identified himself to Rogers as Brown drove him from near the Ermine traffic light at Whitesburg to Big Cowan, where he picked up a second individual known to Rogers as James Lee. James Lee Fields then... (laughs) That's Winston's real name, James Lee. (laughs) Then drove Rogers and Cooley Brown to Virginia, where Rogers purchased beer. According to Rogers, after putting $8 worth of gas into Brown's automobile and purchasing the beer and a pack of cigarettes, he had approximately $15 left in his wallet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You want to come up off the rest of that, (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Rogers? We're not in your neighborhood anymore. Dude, I just, I mean, yeah, like 50 years, like, come on. Come on, Grant. I mean, listen again. I don't <laughs> condone beating up old men, particularly old men probably suffering from PTSD. <laughs> but God, 50, 50 and what was the other one? Thirty five. Twenty five. Twenty five. 
Come on, that's those are just arbitrary numbers. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna give you fifty. I'm gonna give you half that. Right, right. It's like shut. Come on, that's how they made out justice in this fucking place. Yeah, I mean it's um, uh, fifteen sounds about right for that. I I read the first paragraph. I saw fifty years and twenty five years, and I was like, okay, they they killed the guy. That's what I thought. I was like, this guy, this guy's just down in New Orleans, fucking just like <laughs> slamming back fucking hurricanes and zombies and shit. Um, they, they, I mean, honestly, it's, uh, they meted it out, I mean, they gave this sentence entirely because it was a little embarrassing. Let's be, let's face it. It was just a little embarrassing. Guy moves here, watched a fine cinematic feature featuring Steven Seagal. Fantastic film, by the way. I mean, we've talked about it on the show, but if you've not watched Fire Down Below, you should go watch Fire Down Below. Probably one of the few people to watch that movie and say, that I've got to live there. Yeah, <laughs> I have to, one of like three. I have to live in the place where they put the the snake and the guys. <laughs> like he had to know he was gonna get into a little mischief down here. You know I what mean, I mean? Surely. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, they don't exactly portray Eastern Kentucky as like a, a totally just a total utopia of you know. No, but you know what? He, I, I I could see somebody being enraptured when uh, Seagal flies that plane dangerously close <laughs> over the falls. You know what I mean? That is pretty tight. I'll hand it to him. That's pretty tight. I'm still waiting to find the, the like the militant uh, EPA agent. That's like, dude. It is this is <laughs> yeah. The one, yeah, yeah, the one that's like a martial artist and you know like has a badge and yeah. Honestly. That's partially why that film rocks. It's like it's everything you've always wanted to see. I got EPA kicking ass. I got I gotta ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Does A Cab include Jack Taggart? Um No. Because he was going after Polluters. Polluters. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only cops that are good are the anti polluter cops. Yeah. But it has to be a crime against Earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, th- th- I mean, th- this is this is a total injustice. Um, I am very pleased with the message sent by the jury to those who would commit such violent crimes as these defendants did to a truly helpless and blameless victim with no known family in our county," said Banks. "I'm also sure they thought Colin Rogers would not dare testify against them, given their savage at- savage attack upon him." Here's how I feel about that. So I listen to this podcast called Throwing Fits, and one question they ask all their hosts is like. If you could either, you know, if you had to either hit a random button in your phone and that murders just a random person in your phone, could be some limp dick that you knew briefly somewhere, could be a family member, uh-huh. or like quit doing whatever it is you enjoy doing with your life, which one would you do? And like sometimes people pick the the button, know, the button, you know what I mean? And I, it's it's a little like that. It's a little like, you know. What if Mr. Rogers had like nefarious aims for coming here? Like, can we really trust a man who saw a Steven Seagal movie and said, "I want to spend my golden years there"? It's it's an what what if like what? Here's all I'm saying is, did we look into this Rogers? Nobody knows this Rogers guy. Did we look into him a little bit? That's what I'm saying. The verdict assumes that this is a morally upright person. That his actions were virtuous by deciding to move here. He made a good, virtuous decision, and he was punished for it. Therefore, the people who did it, punished him for it, 
deserves the <laughs> and they did <laughs> yeah, they, they punished him for his choice what if these guys really just were like Jean-Claude Van Damme fans just hated Steve like he's just sitting there telling the stories like Steven Seagal's a fucking he's a fraud man he's a fucking pussy and they just stomp this old guy out yeah JCVD bitch yeah or what if these guys like you know how Seagal is like isn't Seagal like doing some Roman Polanski shit right now, like where he's like kind of like living in Belgium to escape like yeah some sort of sex crime here at home or yeah, something? Yeah, I think so. What if like they knew about that <laughs> and were like just like we're allies? Yeah, and then they're, like, just because you like Seagal, will stomp you out, old man. They definitely stomped them out. They like pulled over to the side of the road, said, hey, "We're going to kill you <laughs> if we don't get your money." Fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars. Marvin Gaye Senior. What's going on? Here? <laughs> I just who who also I just found out is from Lexington. Do you know that? Really? Yeah. Marvin Gaye Senior. Yeah. Marvin Gaye Junior. lived in Lexington from ages five what? to eleven. Yeah. Wow. Now there's somebody who was definitely not virtuous in any way, <laughs> but who made some of the best music of the twentieth century. So. Good. You gotta. Uh, <laughs> also, man, uh, <laughs> might remind remind you his dad was part of a uh, arguably religious cult and murdered him. So yeah. my hunch is that his upbringing was not, uh, you know. Yeah, no, it's sort of like the James Brown thing. James Brown, a monster, also made some of the best music ever made. Yeah, but but this Rogers guy, we don't know. We anything. don't know anything we about this anything Rogers about guy. Um. So, testimony revealed that as Line Fork resident Larry Kelly drove home on Kentucky 588, he saw Rogers on his knees in the middle of the highway with his hands clasped behind his head and Brown standing over him. <clears throat> Rather than driving on, as at least one other passerby had done, <laughs> that guy was like, no, I hate Steven Seagal. Dude, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Honk if you're a Van Damme head. Everybody just like rolling by. And they're like honking because, yeah, we're, we're pro Van Damme. <laughs> And they're just stomping this guy out. Wow, like he's coal miners and everybody's just cheering on the yeah. beating of this old man. <laughs> JCVD in the Viet Cong, bitch. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, like this guy's like look, getting up asking for help and a truck driver pulls over and says, what the hell's going on here? And the guy's like reaching up asking for help and then he just pulls a shirt that reveals Chairman Mao. <laughs> My Hanoi Jane tattoo. <laughs> yeah, no no help to be had here, old man. <laughs> um, Kelly then demanded the assailants tell him what was going on despite being told nothing was wrong with Rogers except for him being drunk. Kelly ordered the two assailants to... <laughs> I like how that was the he just, he just He just bleeds when he's drunk. <laughs> Yeah, it's a natural <laughs> medical yeah. condition. Um, Kelly ordered the two assailants to allow the, the beaten, the severely beaten and bloody Rogers to walk over to get into his vehicle. Kelly then drove Rogers to the ER of the Whitesburg Hospital, where he remained with him until former Letcher County Sheriff's Deputy Shane Ambergy arrived in response to the reported robbery. Like, okay, this isn't hard. Um, okay, let me, let me... I guess I should probably... Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, like, this isn't really a, a difficult conundrum here. It's like, yes, it's fucked up that they beat this guy. Especially, uh, you know, he was uh, harmless, unarmed, defenseless, liked good film. Um, as far as we know. As far as we know. 
Um, it's fucked up though that they beat him up, but they don't deserve fifty years. I, I, nobody deserves fifty years. They would have fucking like, fucking murdered this guy in front of the courthouse. I don't think they deserve fifty years. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. They, they, they you, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. they, they didn't get a fair trial, and that's fucked up. Yeah, that's you really imagine losing up. fifty years of your life because you got on a good one and just beat up. A sh- I mean, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, it's not good. But like, yeah, I don't know. Well, let me ask. Let me reverse this though. Like, if it, they would have did the same thing to like a homeless person or something, though, I'd probably feel differently about it. Honestly, <laughs> not in terms of like, I'd still oh, think yeah. the punishment's draconian. I I know what you're saying. But like, there's part of me that's like, ah, man. Well, we want to just a- have a hard time feeling <laughs> sorry for a retiree, which kind of probably well-to-do retiree with enough disposable income to just move on a whim. That just got his ass whooped. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I, I know what you mean. It, it, we want to attach some sort of moral, morality or, or virtue to um, victims. Be, but, like, the state is not any kind of way to meet out justice. Also, like, when it's just, you're just uh, clearly just, numerically speaking, it's clear you're th- just throwing out arbitrary sentences. Totally. 50 years. That sounds about right. 50 fucking years. These guys are probably in their 20s or 30s. And they're going, and like they're out in their 70s. These, do these guys have just been disappeared into the system now? Yeah, I'm sorry, I, man. Fuck I, Sam Wright. No, like, I guarantee you these guys are somewhere in the prison system by this point. Just who the fuck knows where now. Yeah. They've just been disappeared into it, and they're just pleading with everybody. I, I, did, I don't deserve to be. They're going to go up for parole in 40 years or whatever. And now the climate's worse. Yeah. Oh, you imagine yeah. how it looks to have like beat up a veteran when you were like in your 20s? <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Well, I found a speak your piece about it from 2005. Okay. Uh, this is how good I am, baby. Did somebody say they should have gave them more? <laughs> 50 years, they got off easy. That literally pretty much is. It says, this comment is concerning the person who was beaten so badly that he left Letcher County for Louisiana. It is a shame that two people could do this to a person who came to Letcher County believing that these people here were like those he saw in the movie Fire Down Below. <laughs> Just can't get over that. That's the fucking. <laughs> Did this guy stand on the like in court and say this that he came here because of the movie Fire Down Below? I don't know, dude. Like, where did this part of the story come from? I have no idea, dude. That's so fucking good, though. If there is a good side to this man being nearly beaten to death for fifteen dollars, it is that justice has prevailed. I hope the antics of these two criminals doesn't detract others from coming to Ledger County. And to the attorney who <laughs> apparently spoke to the victim in a disrespectful manner, this man fought in Vietnam, which is more than I can say for the two thugs. I guess he had a flashback to Vietnam when he was being beaten. He nearly got killed, not in Southeast Asia, but in Southeast Kentucky. Shame on everyone who treated this man badly, including Mr. Kraft. What goes around comes around. Okay. James Kraft, I don't really know much about him other than he's an attorney in town, but he was just doing his job as a defense attorney. I mean, he was just trying to get... To, I mean, I don't think I would have taken his route, necessarily. <laughs> what was his route? What was, what was Jimmy's route? Asking about his drinking <laughs> habits. <laughs> yeah, I probably... Uh, I'm- I probably approached that a little bit differently, but yeah, you just you just try and get these guys off, or at least you know as little punishment as possible. You know, right, right. 
Jesus, I don't know. Anyways, I thought you should see that one. I, I was wondering if maybe it was the talk of town in 2005. That is an like just an abhorrent example of like <clears throat> no justice coming out of that. No, none. None at all. None at all. Is Roger still alive? You think it was that 2005? Well, he's probably been what? Probably in his 60s then. He might still be alive. He might still be alive. I mean, I'd be probably in his 80s or something. He's probably in the 70s or 80s. Yeah. Unless he got his ass beat again for popping off. What? What, what is another? What if, what if, what if he? What if he? Uh, what? Listen. What if like he watched Next of Kin and then moved to Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> and then some mob guys, some Chicago mobsters, so Italians. Yeah, Italians. <laughs> this guy just gets his ass whipped every town every he tries to move to in his golden years. Based off of a movie that he's seen. <laughs> yeah. He saw The Wire, moved to Baltimore. I have to say, yeah, that's like you said, though. I have to say, incredible taste in film. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm trying to... S- I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Think about how much that climate's changed, though. Like, now it's like, God, man, we love people to move to Electric County. Now it's like you got, like, the seven or eight sort of overlords that, like, oh, you're not really friendly. You know what I mean? Like, 2005, <laughs> man, they were welcoming every motherfucker. <laughs> you're right. Now <laughs> now it's like, go back to wherever you came from, you fucking uh, yuppie scum. Oh, my God, dude. It's now, like, now uh, it, it really I'm getting paid four dollars an hour to do <laughs> Vista work. Uh, <laughs> it really, yeah, yeah, I've heard it all before. It really is like that. I really did hear someone the other day ask another person where they're originally from, and you would have thought that they fucking, you know, asked them their deepest, darkest secret. They were like Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, man, people are cognizant of it now. They're shook now. Dude, it's fucked up. Well, here's the thing, man. Just Here, here's, who you are. If you, here's, what, here's the thing I want to talk about a little bit about. This is, I feel like this might be an episode that might razz some people, but I'm going to get there because that's the origins of it, what we do. But I've been thinking a lot about <clears throat> indigenous movements in a lot of recent events. Oh, the, the new uh, revelation that this scholar was pretending to be Native American? No, no, no. I was oh. thinking more actually of like, you know, like Israeli <laughs> myths about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know. Like, like, you know how it's like is, the Israeli thing has sort of been branded an indigenous movement? Yes. It's yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Have we actually adequately challenged Appalachia's right to exist? <laughs> Say more. Well, I just, you know, it's large. Like, you know, everybody's talking about like, well, I'm really from here, but. But are you? Really? Am right. I from here? I'm probably if if I'm just saying all things being equal here, I probably belong in Belfast. Well, technically, yeah. I mean, if you really want to get into it, <laughs> I'm probably a goddamn red-hander, <laughs> fucking Ulster or some shit, <laughs> deserving of death, no doubt. The people that live here in Appalachia got here the exact same way that people got in. The occupied territories. In the exactly West. the same way, dude. Exactly the same way. It's no different. But it's never interrogated because, that's, dude, that's the weird thing. That's a lot happened. of it's a passage of time, right? Like, right. like, you know, like this place was settled like 200 and something years ago as opposed to like Israel settled, colonized in the 40s. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, it's, it's weird because <laughs> somewhere along the way, in the middle of the 20th century, people just assumed that 
if you lived here, you were, by virtue of living here, uh, an oppressed identity, an oppressed ethnic white, basically. Right. I mean, there was the whole... We talked about this the other day. There was the whole like Helen Lewis argument that this was an internal colony to the United States. And people developed a framework with which to understand how people lived here. And that framework is I, – I can't even remember what they call it now. I think they just call it the, colony theory, the colonial theory that people here are basically subaltern. They're not working-class proletariat. In the you same see, way. you see where I'm kind of drawing the Israeli comparison a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, there are claims to grievance and exploitation. Absolutely, that people live here. Absolutely, but, but being hillbilly is not one of them because that stat, that identity, actually was constructed through genocide and displacement of other people. Right. So I don't. I don't, it's so bizarre to me that people even use that as a. Like an honorific, yeah. Or not even yeah, an honorific, yeah, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. Like, oh, that's just a badge of right. Now there are obviously this is like the most impoverished part of the U.S. Like, there's obviously a poor working class here. I mean, no one's disputing that. Yeah. But like, that's the locate the grounds on which to, you know, mount some sort of uh, resistance movement. Not not this like hillbilly nationalist thing because it's. Because like the things the, the the thing about that is that it can easily become reactionary. Yeah. I mean, easily. I mean, yeah. I mean it has <laughs> already is. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you got motherfuckers like embarrassed to say where they're from. Yeah. <laughs> just like. Yeah, bro. You're you're like you're like two notches above. Uh, show show me your papers or some shit. You know what I mean? It's like, and I don't mean I don't mean to play flippant with that comparison either. But it's like there is a weird chauvinism to it that's like. Yeah, it's pretty reactionary. Well, what actually play it out in the Middle East? Let's fast forward the clock two hundred years. The project that they've been working on for the past seventy fucking years, which we've just watched slowly and slowly become more of a reality that we can do nothing about. Right. Play that out. How's that going to look in two hundred years? What's going to happen is that those settler colonies that they have created and have finally accomplished what they've wanted to accomplish this whole time, which is a largely white ethno state. A a white ethno state having expelled all the indigenous people that live there. For that to function in a capitalist political economy, some of those colonialists will have to be proletariat. Because right now, a lot of the proletariat are Palestinians. They went on strike like a fucking week ago and shit started getting fucked up. Yeah. Because so much of the economy, their functions on a Palestinian or not Israeli proletariat. But eventually, in, like I said, a couple centuries, if we still have capitalism. We will look at it like the way we look at Oklahoma, the way we look at... Yeah. Not not really Oklahoma, I guess, because that's kind of where people were forced to. But like, you know, North Carolina and places where like... Natives were expelled, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's a it's a really weird deal. Uh, I don't know, man. The whole the whole the politics of it all has become so. Uh, like when I first started, when I first became aware of Palestine, like th- that was at a time when no one talked of any. I mean, they were obviously in like the higher echelons of academia but no one was talking about this like lived experience stuff you know yeah that wasn't like that wasn't really a thing that, that, that didn't catch fire till about 10 years later right so i don't know but no i mean the uh, analogy is interesting 
I mean, it's it's very interesting to me, to me that there's not been a reappraisal of any of those like ac- sort of formative academic uh, <laughs> critiques. Of, or not really critiques, but yeah, frameworks of, of Appalachian its founding. And exactly, like, it's really bizarre to me that 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 passed. And you can actually find examples. And these are good people, people whose work I actually respect, yeah. people who like did good things in their communities and careers. But you can find actual quotes of them using the term. Um, <clears throat> I think I sent it to you one day. Like, Helen Lewis and Tom Gish were referring to people here as, like, <clears throat> wasn't it, like, white indigenous or something like that? Or white? The white Negro, I think. Is so, what, I mean, is, it, I think it was what, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe, that's, maybe I'm mixing Helen Lewis up with Norman Mailer, but, like, <laughs> easy mistake to make. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean that that is, it's just really bizarre to me that that's not been, um, I mean, it's niche, right? Like, yeah. obviously, your normal person doesn't know anything about all that. But in Appalachian Studies world, that's like a formative thing. Yeah. It's like... It's like you can't question the gospel of Ron Eller or, like... And it's only been recent that you, like, you can challenge, like, Harry Cottle. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, for all his, you know... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, um... I don't know, dude. Uh, I recently reread Uneven Ground by Ron Eller... And a large part of his thesis is that the war on poverty basically brought together all of the makings of, um, he's not wrong, Mm. at least at the political economic level, it brought together all of the people and ideas to create this sort of like colonial model theory. Mm. That's what they call it, colonial model. Um, But he kind of um, praises it like it's a good thing, like, oh... Now we've got this movement that's, you know, clear-minded and can actually articulate its demands, and Appalachia needs to be aut- autonomous, and there needs to, and it's just like, what is Appalachia? Who the fuck is included in this project? Like, I mean, I don't, dude. It, that's, it's this weird kind of like postmodern thing where like people, um, to not have to talk about like the proletariat and you know working class and everything it was like this convenient way to just look look at like how the region as a whole had been exploited rather than a class yeah i don't i'm probably not articulating that well at all yeah i apologize and the myth making in it all i think is is interesting you know it's like like i remember <laughs> listening to a tropo episode i think it was the one where they were at like cpac or something like that they were talking about like the weird israeli myth like like uh, I think it was like Netanyahu had like some sort of like is like Israeli or Hebrew coin, like on his desk or something. And like he was like he traces that back to his family, can trace their lineage back to the House of David or the House of Solomon or something like that. It's yeah, it's like people do like a similar thing here. Yeah, yeah. Where with that like whole like, but it's like it's like, well, you're like Hungarian and raised in like the Philly suburbs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> chill out. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, I don't, it's weird. It's it's um, it's because I, dude, I don't know. I guess it functions differently in different contexts. With like the Israeli thing, it's obviously um, a process or an operation of like propaganda and you know, erasure of other histories. Yeah. Here, it's like because multiple classes of people do it. You know here. I, however, have noticed it more among the professional classes, people who are in nonprofits or politics, yeah, who talk about, yeah, 
or not yeah. ninth generation whatever yeah my daddy's daddy's days are like we've been here since the 1500s i'm like you know what that means don't you <laughs> <laughs> if you're proud of that <laughs> might have a little okay. more in common with say i don't know andrew jackson than uh and <laughs> y'all want to want to believe I dude, none of us want. I dude, it's so weird. I think this is partially. So when you brought this up a second ago, where I thought you were going with this was there was a story in the New York Times about this professor at uh, UC Riverside. Her name is Andrea Smith, who has been she, like ten years ago. She was like outed as having faked her Cherokee identity. Um. Like, not even kind of. Like, had not a single... <laughs> like, like, on a scale of, like, you know, um, my uh, my cousin Randy to, like, uh, <laughs> to uh, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> what are we talking here? Uh, definitely, <laughs> I'm not really sure what side of the spectrum cousin uh, Pocahontas <laughs> from, like, I guess I should say Pocahontas is my great, 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 which Pocahontas wasn't even Cherokee. Right, right, that, right, right. That right. doesn't really matter. Um, it was definitely more of the Elizabeth Warren thing. And I should say that, like, of course, DNA genetics don't make you, you know, anything racist social construct. But it, it has to do with does the community. I like they threw that disclaimer out there because you knew somebody was going to get the DMs and say that. To you. <laughs> I do that, too. I, I throw out all these qualifiers because I'm scared of the scared of the hate. I'm a little I'm a little bitch. I'm a little coward. But no, I, I know what you mean though. It's like it's like yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean anything if like yeah. a, a tribe has like welcomed you as part of. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of, I don't. I think the case with her is that she's using it for careerist means. Like that she's an academic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> so yes, she's. And that's the funny thing about this is like the article is like. Is there something wrong with academia? Is there like, like <laughs> you're just you're, you're just now getting there, huh? Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just just like wow, um, yeah. So I mean, like my most charitable reading of this is that it could be like, like when I was in high school. Okay, I used to wear full disclosure. You know, I, I I hate to admit this now as a 33-year-old man, but as... Jack Guevara, sure. <laughs> even worse. Well, that too. <laughs> I used to wear a puka shell necklace. <laughs> like mo like a lot of dudes did in the 2000s in the aughts. Yeah, man. How, had I kept wearing it, though, after, you know, high school? Yeah. Well into my 20s, and then getting on into my 30s. I feel like it would have become, like... And it's like one of those weird, embarrassing things you just can't, like, you're embarrassed by it, your friends know you're embarrassed by it, you know that your friends know that you're embarrassed by it, like, yeah. it becomes a sort of weird thing, but you can't let go, because, you know, you've built your identity around it, whatever. That could be what's going on in my most charitable reading yeah. of her. Obviously, the more cynical is that, yes, this is a careerist person who, whose career was... Uh, assisted by these, like, you know, in the social world where your identity does... I mean, let's be real. We have to be real about this. In academia, it's not nothing that you... what your identity is. Right. Right? Right. I mean... Let me ask you a question. Did it end up she was Italian? <laughs> it was, like, not even that. 
Okay. She was just like straight up like Sky's Irish or something. Because I was thinking about like you know the the TV ads with the native like American man crying or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That actor was Italian. Well, <laughs> right, right, right. So before anybody misinterprets what I just said, <laughs> let me just say this, okay? Let me just. Say <laughs> if you're an Italian academic, you're really missing out if you're not falsifying your Native American heritage. Let me just say this. If you look at academia, obviously the people at the top, the most powerful people in it, the people who are the decision makers, the people with tenure, et cetera, they're mostly white, mostly male, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, but if you started trying to, like, figure out how many of these people, though, are faking their identities, like, how would you go about doing that? Like, yeah, it would turn into a eugenics project really quick. Right, exactly. <laughs> It'd be like, 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 yeah, like ethnic hygiene. It's like, right. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. It uh, turns into a whole other thing. It would be a very fascinating experience, and honestly, I think they should do that. Well, here's what here's what here's here was my solution to academia. You have two options, okay? Number one, you could start a Stalin-esque purge, where you make everybody prove their racial bona fides, which would be, to me, I would enjoy that. I mean, let's be real here. I think that watching these people... You just, you just want to sit up there doing the Birdman hand rub for everybody that's claimed native ancestry and just wait when it comes out and says Scottish and French. That not, not, just a cackle. Not, just, not only that, but just to like watch people denounce their friends and like just to watch the whole spectacle of it all. Just to be like, you're not one-eighth, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Just like the whole fucking specious... Just completely vapid spectacle of it all. Of these people who take themselves so fucking seriously as like right. knowledge producers in society, and it's just like, okay, so you could do that, and I that'd be fine. Yeah. Or you could do the other option, which would honestly be way more fun: abolish the university, abolish academia, do away with it. It's pointless at this point. It's like Tanya said a million times. All it is is window dressing for like <laughs> amateur sports anyway. If you read this article, that's all it was. People were afraid to denounce her because it would hurt their careers and it would hurt the careers of the people who had put their names onto her projects. And that and that just kind of gives away the ball game. It's just a fucking game of like meritocracy and like who's greased, who's palms and a game of politics and all this. And it's just like is this really knowledge production? This kind of seems to me like it might be something else other than just knowledge production. Yeah. I mean, what uh, would what would if uh, you know, to borrow the the meme du jour of last week, if Socrates, you know, or the academy started. <laughs> I guess maybe school at Athens, I don't know. I don't I have no idea what the origins <laughs> of academia are. I can see that up front. But if he was out philosophizing, what would he say about the current state of the current state of yeah. Socrates? What would be the Socratic thought on all this? Socrates would definitely say, um, without a doubt, I mean, it's beamed straight in from 25 BC, 2500 BC. Yeah. Straight into my brain. Or like 700 BC or whatever. Whenever, whenever Socrates <laughs> is around. He would definitely say, trust your own instincts. Um... 
fuck little boys between the ages of six and twelve. <laughs> what you really need to do is reintroduce the concept of Greek love. I've been saying. That's what Socrates would probably, he'd say, look, you're wasting all of your time in the academy when you could be fucking children. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're fucking way out there. It's so funny that, like, all the people, like, the, you know the guys that are really into the classics? Yes. Like, you're just reading a bunch of fucking pedos, really. I mean, ultimately, when you get down to it, you know what I mean? Dude, that's the case for, uh, I mean, everything and everyone is bad, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, none of us come out of the on the other end of it unscathed. Although hopefully you, you do on that count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully you don't fuck around and yeah. yeah. Or you know, at the very least, what ends up happening is you beat up a Vietnam veteran that moved here. <laughs> like you know, when you think about like all the crimes of everybody we lionize in society, uh-huh. like our society is based largely on. Jesus and Socrates, and while Jesus was a man without spot or blame, Socrates got some. Yeah, I don't really know much about him. I know he drank him luck, which I've always been interested in as a form as a method of suicide. <laughs> That's like I <laughs> wonder what that was all about. Wait, wasn't there the guy at the Hague that kind of did that? Oh yeah, he did. He took that shot. That the meme that goes it wasn't around him luck though. But <laughs> that would be funny. What if it was? What if, it, what if he was like a suicide hipster? You know, it's like I'm gonna I'm going out like Socrates. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh no, man. Like, like shooting yourself. That's so gauche. I'm doing hemlock like I did, you know, when men were men. Had, yeah. <laughs> had the, relationships with young boys. I guess the, um, the point I was making earlier is like all of the power structures in academia are white, straight white people or whatever. Whatever the identity du jour of the oppressor is right now. But if you want them to be the ones. Um, operationalizing and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Conducting a Stalinist purge of people who might, whose race identity might be questionable. Uh, I can't advise that. I don't think it would be the best thing to do. <laughs> but the alternative is also there's like there's just no hope. That's why it has to be abolished. Just to fucking abolish the university. Yeah. Here's here's <laughs> here's a good thing. Listen, when we're when we've sit here, we've racked our brains constantly about like what's the way forward, generically, you know, in society, whatever, politically. When in doubt, just destroy. Just and destroy. Start, start start from the drawing board. <laughs> just destroy it. You know. What I mean? mm-hmm. Very few institutions are worth saving. Honestly, I agree. You know. Listen, you'll get no argument from me there. Start from the top. Yeah, no, you're right. Just destroy it. There we are. Um, we, um, <clears throat> so yeah, someone's going to misinterpret that, and I hope they do. Um, <laughs> what else do we got in the old hopper for this week? I wanted to read a little bit of an article. We're at 53 minutes. Yeah, get into it. I guess we got a few minutes we can. Um, there's this article in the Atlantic I thought would be kind of fun to dig into i posted about it it's in the atlantic's ideas section okay god love some good ideas oh yeah 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 Ooh, is this the uh yes capitalism doesn't have to be this way or what did you think it oh, was i was thinking it was the, oh, the, the one about, yeah <laughs> one about israel palestine yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, there is one we could do about Israel-Palestine that I kind of wanted to save for the uh, Patreon. We'll save it then. Oh, dude, we could do it because, uh, I mean, it's... Here, let me find it. It was... I mean, it's... it's Obviously, it's Dersh. It's the Dersh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was this the one in the hill? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I forget. I, I don't know if, who posted, but it was like, wait till you see who wrote this. <laughs> they just posted that. It was... Why does the hard left glorify the Palestinians? Okay, I'll get, I'll let you choose one of the two. One of these two is man. Uh, given the choice, I'm always going Dersh. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, why does the hard left always glorify the Palestinians? Um, in a world in which massive violations, I feel like in between every single word of a Dersh article, there should be a disclaimer. Like every. It should have a footnote after every word. So at the end, it's like maybe 700 footnotes. And every footnote reads, this man's a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> you have to understand, this man uh, <laughs> this man was on the Lolita Express, St. James Island. In a world in which massive violations of human rights have tragically become the norm, why has the hard left focused on one of the least compelling of those causes, namely the Palestinians? This is a disgusting human being. This is a disgusting uh, yeah, yeah. human. Fucks children. I mean, I, I'm, I need to say allegedly here, according to the lawyers, but... Uh, Dersh himself will come after you. And, you know, he's yeah, but I mean, anybody, anybody um, just gleefully uh, reveling in the destruction and murder of an entire people, I mean, do you really have to say allegedly that they fuck kids? It's not off their moral compass, I'll say that. <laughs> I like how Nurse's defense was. My wife was with me every, every second on that island. It's, it's almost as to say she curved my worst impulses. Sure, man. Where is the concern for the Kurds, the Chechens, the Uyghurs, the Tibetans? Well, we... Yes. We're there with all that, too. Um, so, yeah, uh, so... I mean, to take these one by one, the Kurds. Um, the Kurds aren't being... Uh, the Kurds are a massive... They're they're spread across a, a massive geographical area in, like, yeah. three separate countries. Iran, Iraq, Turkey, even in parts of Syria, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, are they being subject to a formal apartheid slash genocide in the same way that the Palestinians are, I would not say that they are. However, they are, uh, yeah, they're displaced. They deserve some sort of autonomous uh, land of their own, some sort of um, whatever. I mean, yeah. I feel like the left has been championing the Kurds for fucking ever. Yeah, that's not, yeah. The Uyghurs, that one is, um, I don't really know anything about that. (laughs) I guess I'm proving his point here. That's <laughs> <laughs> not the strongest defense. I just, I, I'm just gonna have to look into that one a little I mean, bit more. Yeah, when it comes to China, I, uh... I just, I, but here's the reality with this, with stuff with China is that I just, I, it's not a cop out. I just don't really know enough. Well, Adam Curtis in his recent doc took the position that the repression of the Uyghurs existed, so. I'm not discounting that either. I just don't know. In uh, the Tibetans, there are... Look, okay, it doesn't matter. The point I'm trying to work towards here is that with the exception of the Kurds, none of these 
are affected by American policy, really. Like, in the sense that, like, what's happening to the Palestinians is a direct result of things um, the American government decides to fund. And, and if anything, the government funded the Beastie Boys doing the Tibetan freedom thing <laughs> every year. That was Adam Yelp's yeah, exactly. cause, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> So, exactly. Yeah. The Tibetan cause might actually be a psyop, but <laughs> I don't know. But to undermine the Chinese government, I'm just kidding. But the point is, I don't really know about any of those other ones. The Chechens. That, what did you just say about the Dalai Lama? You, you just spooked because you've been called down before for criticizing the Dalai Lama. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> It depends on what day of the week you catch me and what mood of mind I'm in. But I might pop off and say something like, <laughs> something like, yeah, maybe that has been over. Dalai Lama CIA, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. The, po- the point is, I have no control over how chi- China treats the Uyghurs or the Tibetans or how the Russians treat the Chechens. I have a little bit of control over how the Kurds are treated, but even then, it's pretty far out of my hands. Uh, Israel is so... Well, I had a fucking friend in high school. His name is Manny. I, Manny, if you're out there somehow listening to this, I don't know how, what path led you to this, but this motherfucker went from Hobbs, New Mexico, to Israel to fight in the fucking IDF. Th- that that tells me that there's a relationship going on here that I might have a little bit of complicity in. Or at least some proximity. Or at to. least proximity to or slash ability to affect and change. Right. So maybe that's why we care a little bit about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You imagine, uh, <laughs> you imagine somebody that was like, like in Philadelphia, that was like a high school, like... <laughs> classmate of benjamin netanyahu it's just like yeah that's experiencing the same thing you're experiencing yeah. right now, but like on 10 seriously is i mean just the idea I, I i don't know just the idea that yeah you would just go and like be a part of this other country just because they claim to be the indigenous people there that that fuck god damn that fucking tweet that was said like zionist in 1898 you can give us land in uh, Uganda or Palestine or <laughs> wherever, and we'll be a beacon of European enlightenment amongst these savages. <laughs> and then he's us in 2021. <laughs> I love the olive bushes of my of my native homeland. The fucking Zionists at that time didn't even... They weren't entirely fucking focused on Palestine, what at that time was called Palestine. Right. <laughs> fucking would have taken anywhere. Right. And then the anti-Semitic project of, like, the founding of that is definitely rooted in European powers not wanting Jewish people in Europe. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Trying yeah. to expel them, so. I mean, anyways, this article just goes on to just, you know, heap the most outrageous and disgusting slander uh and abuse on the Palestinian people, but yeah, there are no campus demonstrations on their behalf. Uh, the Kurds, Chechens, Uyghurs, and Tibetans. Bro, <laughs> the Beastie Boys again <laughs> did a whole goddamn festival to, devoted to Tibetan freedom. Relax. Like the Palestinian cause got uh, Bella Hadid, uh, you know, wearing a kafia on uh, fucking TikTok. Like, relax. You're right. Um. Yeah. 
On the merits and demerits of their claims, Palestinians have the weakest case, blah, blah. I mean, like, honest, obviously this guy thinks that they, this, this people needs to be wiped out off the face of the earth. Like, that's what he thinks. He says it here. But, it's, but also the thing is, too, like, it, like if you're, like, like going to hurl, like, claims of anti-Semitism at people that support Palestinian liberation, it's like, you're no less of a bigot. You know what I mean? Like, Dershowitz is no less of a bigot than an anti-Semite here. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's just from a different angle. I mean, it's harder and harder for these people to even... Um, to even disguise that fact. Yeah. Sorry, I'm reading this sentence. The Kurds have never been offered independence or statehood, despite treaties that promised it. Uh, I, these motherfuckers <laughs> with their, like... Buddy, I, we offered the Palestinians this in 2000. They wouldn't come to the table. They wouldn't say no. It's like, motherfucker, I've been in Eastern Kentucky politics enough to know how that fucking shit works. <laughs> right. Like, Dude, the fucking... I mean, I, I posted about this on Twitter the other day. Uh, during fucking peace talks in 97, Netanyahu tried to have uh, Khalid... Michal, is that his name? Assassinated. In the middle of fucking peace talks, he tried to have him assassinated. Man. I mean, like, that's what they're up against. Right. I, right. I don't, I mean, that's their, but that's the argument he's making here. They've been offered, they've been offered a state all these times. You you imagine, like, making, like, you with the knowledge of that, that Benjamin Netanyahu tried to have, uh, I mean, Yasser Arafat, whoever, like, they've, you know, like, all this stuff. Like, and then trying to argue with a straight face that like you that they met at the table with a good deal in place and y'all just were too stubborn to accept it. Yeah, while one of them is out trying to have the others assassinated. team assassinated. Yeah. Definitely good meeting in good faith. Oh I mean, uh, it's not. It was, a, who was it? Was Anwar Sadat and who? Um, I forget who. Like Jimmy Carter had tried to broker the a peace deal, which I know Anwar Sadat was Egyptian, but. But he was, I mean, yeah. Did they assassinate him? Too? I think the Muslim Brotherhood assassinated him. I mean, yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't mean to rewrite history to say the Israelis assassinated him once or I don't mean But that. they did assassinate, assassinate Yitzhak Rabin. Yitzhak Rabin, yeah. I mean, fucking for just even having... Entertaining the even notion Entertaining of, the fucking idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Anyways, why? The answer is clear and can be summarized in one word. Jews. <laughs> like, every time these motherfuckers, like, trot this out, it always sounds way more anti-Semitic than anything Than else. any argument anybody else is making, yeah. Jesus. That they project it onto other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, I do think it's kind of rich, the idea that, like, yeah, the Kurds... It's just like, the Kurds have been offered a state many times... And have had it, like, just yanked back at the last minute by fucking Kissinger and Nixon, like, yeah. Ford. This hap this has happened many times throughout history. It's and like they, these guys just can't wrap their head around why there's no good faith dealing with the United States exactly. and, its, and its interests. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the same thing that we've done to the Kurds as real has done to Palestine. Yeah. <laughs> at least in the, in the negotiating sense. I'm not... No. Anyways, you, you know what I mean. Um... But yeah, uh, that's the Dersh baby. Can't read any more of that. It's gonna make me fucking nauseous. Just an absolute piece of shit. Um, but uh, yeah, um, m move to Hinton, West Virginia, if you'd like to. Uh, 
<laughs> I can just imagine them doing like an Appalachian birthright at some point <laughs> where they just move people to West Virginia. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like some motherfucker is going to grow up in like Western Washington state yeah. and be like, like, yeah, he's my great, great, great. You know how those mothers are? <laughs> my great, great grandmother was from Kentucky yep. and I'm going back home. This is my ancestral home. And then they come up here and just like start playing the banjo and wearing like ratty flannels. I mean, people already do that, and that's fine. That's fine. I mean, at least the difference is that in Israel they give them a a, a gun and tell them to go murder people. Yeah. <laughs> here they give you a banjo and <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, some chickens and tater. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe twelve thousand dollars to get in on this program in right. West Virginia. Right. Right. Oh man, Jesus Christ! Um, well, so if you're if you had uh, you know um, you know how like with the Native American stuff it's always like degree of blood kind of thing. Yeah. If you have that, they're gonna do like a hillbilly thing. But if that's that, you get to like move to West Virginia and get like twelve thousand dollars of banjo. <laughs> and the the caveat is is that uh, you have to have worked in the public sector and have a college degree. <laughs> And be white, of course. <laughs> and uh Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, um you should read that article in the New York Times about Andrea Smith. I recommend it. I'm checking it out. I read it last night and I I swear it, if you could have just <laughs> watched me read it and like watched the grin on my face <laughs> just get bigger and bigger. Just the grin. <laughs> Just like, dude, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not impugning any any uh, anybody's good work in the academy. There are still good things that come out of it, obviously. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're, we're we, a comedy we're, podcast. Yeah, we're, we're exaggerating for the sake of uh, laughs or something. But, <clears throat> um, but sometimes it's just prudent to ask, is there something wrong with that? academia? <laughs> Prudence being generous there. Yes, it's Yeah. Um is there something wrong with the Trillbillies? If so, uh you could abolish that by not subscribing to the Patreon. But why would you do that? Why would you do that's anything like that? That's dumb. That that would be we're a perfectly fine institution that does not need to be abolished. Yes. So um In fact we need more resources, so <laughs> Uh, you know, if you feel like raising your <laughs> subscription, please. Um, go to the Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. Um, you got some content up on there. Tanya will be back from vacation soon. Uh, we'll get to hear all about her travels. Um, I was always made for good ones. Yeah, yeah. They'll probably be on the Patreon, so why would you want to miss out on that? Yeah. <clears throat> so anyways go sign up for that uh anything else before we uh yeah drink water and and keep rocking in the free world man sounds good good advice all right we'll see you next time okay wait everybody i have something i forgot to mention on the show <clears throat> um so i used to live in austin texas um a place that i uh, frequented from time to time there juice land um, someone sent me this on Instagram and I thought I needed to share it because it's pretty interesting. Um, so 
their some of their employees are currently wildcat striking, and they've closed at least six shops and most of the production warehouses. Um, they could really use some help, so I'm going to put the GoFundMe in the show link so that you can support them while they're on strike. And if you want to go check them out on Instagram, it's Juiceland Workers Rights. Uh, and um, so yeah, I think that's very good and a very exciting thing. F- you know, fuck the Juiceland box bosses, man. <laughs> I ain't never fucked with Juiceland, no way. <laughs> Juice World, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> in why in Austin, everything is land, you know. Yeah. Still. Um, all right. Anyways, I'll put that in the show link. Go check that out. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>